Good morning, data leaders. Paul from the Data Storytellers here. Today, I'm here with Michael Murray, who's the Head of Data Analytics at Ryanair out of Dublin. Great to have you with us. Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks for having me on. And to start with, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your your journey to becoming the Head of Data Analytics at Ryanair. Cool. Uh, well, I suppose it's a little different from some people in the fact that uh, I don't actually have um, a strictly data background. So... Um, I actually did mechanical engineering in college, so I am a mechanical engineer, but I've never worked as one. Uh, and when I finished college, I actually worked in uh, Vodafone. I, I finished college, uh, started in Vodafone, where I worked in customer service. So I kind of, I saw the customer service uh, area of the business. Uh, I moved on to workforce planning, so using an awful lot of data to make sure that we were uh, hitting, um, the, we were hitting customer service levels. Uh, then I moved into marketing, where I moved into uh, kind of campaign execution, so data from talking to our customers uh, using um, uh, using using uh, data to actually build audiences and talk to them. Uh, and from there, I moved to uh, Paddy Power. So I worked, in the, I worked in the marketing technology team, and uh, one of the guys who I used to work with uh, moved across to Ryanair and was was it wasn't it was like he needed somebody to do as a project manager. So I originally started in the team I'm currently in as a project manager, um, and then when the role came up uh, about five years ago, uh, I took over the data team. So um, so where, 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 as I always say to my guys, it's like I can't really do any of their jobs, um, but the overall the you know it's I, I, you know I had all my admin access taken away from me because I, I said if we need me to do something with admin access we're in deep trouble um so it's it's a case of um my journey has been one of actually using data to talk to customers mostly um and then in Ryanair what is actually what it transformed into is not just talking to customers um but also making sure that the business themselves are now the customers so uh, a huge amount of the projects that we do in Ryanair are um, internal facing. So we do an awful lot of work for our operations. Uh, we look at fuel. Um, we do some work with our commercial teams, some of our finance teams. Um, so it's been a, it's, it's been, it's been, a, it, 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 it is an interesting journey uh, at the moment. So uh, I don't know where it's going to finish up, but uh, it's a good place at the moment. Absolutely. And, and how have you seen, you've been with Ryanair for, for, over six years now, how have you seen the role that data has played change over that time? Um, well, I think I think in fairness, right now, I think they've been very pro- progressive. So the team team structure has changed drastically in that time. So uh, when I took over the team, it was about fourteen people. Uh, now it's just under eighty. Um, so so from you know nearly a five fold increase in five years will tell you to start off with how Ryanair has embraced data. Um, so Ryanair went very much from a very small, efficient company that could do a huge amount of its work in Excel uh, to suddenly going from 200 aircraft to 400 aircraft and hopefully we'd end up with 650 aircraft in the next five or 10 years. Um, so it was a case of how could we help the business do their job easier? So there's an awful lot of tasks people are coming in going like, you know, for, there's one example that we had in one of the departments where they, they were using 3000 Excel files. So and and they had it in a particular format that they liked, so they used going and input whatever Excel file they wanted. To. Uh, so we went over going like, we think we can do this in click view for you. Uh, so they were they, it was kind of it started off being a little bit of you know I, I would say black magic because they were like going, do we trust you? Um, but over the years, 
Um, the way our structure works is that the developers in my team have a very good relationship with the business. So we don't really go too much for um, have a couple of, have you know, loads of business analysts building up requirements, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we generally get a ticket raised and then the developer who's going to work on it will solve the business. Mm. Um, it doesn't always work. Um, and sometimes you're, le- you're letting wild goose chases, but what it's done is it's given the business a huge amount of faith in the work that the guys do so that they will kind of come and request a specific developer to do a piece of work because they're like, you understand what we're doing. And if you produce something, we're quite happy that what you produce it's going to be right. That's awesome. So what are you uh, currently working on? What, or what are you most excited about working on at Ryanair right now? Obviously, it's a, a tricky time for the airline industry. Um, yeah. But what kind of business uh, help you are you offering at the moment that, that's really you're excited about? Well, I suppose like our journey has been that we've, you know, we've kind of automated a huge amount of the reporting that Ryanair has done. So, so we've... Um, so essentially, as I said, business used to operate mainly on Excel files. We started to automate a huge amount of that. Um, and then we moved into the data visualization side. So instead of just pumping out an Excel file uh, or an SSR report, uh, we would, um, you know, build dashboards. So our main dashboard tool is Power BI at the moment, so the business love it. Um, so we use Click and Power BI. Uh, so, that, so that kind of, it, it, that did two things for us. The first thing that it did is like, the business go like, I have a dashboard, that's what I interact with. The second thing it did for us is that it allowed us to structure our data sets. Mm. So there's a huge amount of data floating around an airline. Um, but it's, an, you know, it's you have ops data, you have finance data, you have commercial data. Um, and a lot of that came from many different data sources. So like we spent years essentially just grooming our data, finding out where it is, structuring it, making sure it's available for us. Um, so where we are... Where, so, so, so if you can kind of go, the nuts and bolts have been taken care of. Where we really are going for at the moment is optimization. Mm. Uh, so we've stood up an optimization team. We've two optimization teams actually. We've one in in Madrid and one in Wrocław in Poland. Um, so we are starting to really look at how can we optimize um, what goes on in an airline because an airline is just a, a, a giant optimization problem. So you know, it's a case of like, you know, you need to fly people, you need aircraft to fly them, and you need crew to staff them. Mm. So you need. To make sure that you're rostering your aircraft correctly you need to make sure that you're scheduling your aircraft correctly and you make sure you need to make sure that your aircraft end up where they're meant to be um so we're, we have a number of projects we have a number of projects in the rostering uh, area uh, that we're working on with uh, training and ops uh, to get uh, to more efficient rosters uh, we're doing a lot in training so to make sure that uh, pilots and cabin crew need to be kept uh, current so how you actually schedule your training and we need to fly pilots around our network to go to different simulators uh, so we do a lot of work on that. Uh, we have done some work on um, Big Frost is fuel. Um, so we we fly the, at the moment, well, we fly two aircraft. We, but before we had the 8200s arrived, uh, we used to fly one aircraft, which is a 737-800. But they'd have, um, they'd have nine different engine configurations. Mm-hmm. So we were working on what was the optimal routes and profiles to have those aircraft actually fly on to reduce the actual um, to reduce the, uh, the 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 fuel usage within within the fleet. So that was quite interesting. So so our big our big kind of you could say twenty twenty two for Ryanair is optimization. Um, we're doing we're doing a huge amount of optimization. It definitely sounds like it. So for, for you personally, then, what really interests you about working in, in data analytics? Because just looking at your background from what you said earlier, you had more of this marketing customer facing role that, that's evolved into the, the head of data analytics. So my first question on that would be, what makes you turn up to work with a smile on your face every day? 
my team first of all the first thing that makes you turn up is I like my team uh, they're a fantastic group of people to work with uh, and I, I love going to work every day but if you're kind of talking about what of the the role itself like first of all like um, you know I said I, I started with engineering and it's like most engineers like numbers and I like numbers and I like the stories that numbers can tell um, and uh, you know a lot of you know we don't at times just produce the reports there are some there are some some projects that we work on where we will actually look at the numbers and go what's that telling us and and, and a great thing about Ryanair is um, if you see something you can get it action very quickly so it's not a case of you go through various layers of trying to get them done. Uh, if you see something, you can go to my boss, the CTO, um, John Hurley, uh, and you can go, we've seen this, we think we should do an app, and we should, we should act on it. Uh, and very quickly, you can be, um, you could, two weeks later, a week later, you could actually be, you know, we saw something, we're going to make a change. Um, and it's, you know, as I said, you know, I've mentioned some of the other companies I've worked in who are all great companies to work for, but they have tends to be a little bit larger, um, in their terms of how do you get something to 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 to, to market? So there's, there's many more layers that you have to go through to actually get something done. Uh, whereas Ryanair, I found it's very very agile, it's very very quick. Um, and the other part is I like I'm a bit of a, a the phrase that it uses an aerosexual. I quite like airplanes, so I work in an industry that I really really like. And so the numbers that we get out of it, um. You know, it, I find I find this hugely interesting. It's like it's just it's really interesting, and, and also you know, with with COVID, you know, as terrible as COVID has been uh, for everybody, um, being in an airline, you can see very quickly. You can see when a government makes a call, you can see your bookings drop off. You can see you know, and, and then you have to you have to you know, so so when 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 you know, so you can even sometimes you can kind of. Uh, see bookings will drop off or pick up based upon you know what rumors are going out there so it's 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 like it's it's very it's very very interesting that way so yeah it's it's, uh it's very it's there's a a lot of there's a lot about Ryanair that are like um yeah it's it's just it's just interesting and I think and that's the major thing um as I say to what I say to my team is it's like once people start to get bored that's when they need to start looking for a new job Mm. and you know it's just it's the stuff is always interesting it's always changing um so and there's always there's always kind of new projects that are coming along so it's just it's just very very interesting and dynamic absolutely and and i, I really want to talk about this small team big team because it sounds like you've, you've had your foot in in both camps uh how do you see data analytics today you know in, in, from a wider perspective do you think that, that there's more to be done do you think there's a particular challenge or opportunity for big companies in in this kind of stuff um i suppose the small team big team i suppose like It, it, it's it's a conversation. It's actually a conversation I had with my boss a couple of times. Um, so the small so the small team is the case of going. Um, the re, like sorry. The reason we've expanded is because essentially we have we have added a huge amount more. Our, our scope within the business has has has, has increased massively. Uh, and 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 it's the level of projects that we can take on. So if you think so, I said we have about seventy people. Half of those are data scientists and data engineers. So they're on longer term projects. So you could so you're kind of going there on projects that take three to six months generally, and and that's the kind of work that 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 turned out. The other guys are kind of BI developers, and half of those and half of those BI developers are probably again on kind of longer term projects, more infrastructure and architecture that are doing. So then you have probably about fifteen people who are day to day answering tickets from the business and going. You know, there's an awful lot of questions going up, and 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 I think from a data perspective, there's generally there's kind of two ways going. You know, if you give everybody the right tool, 
they can go and create whatever insights they want to they want to get. So it's a case of going, you know, everybody in a biz, everybody in a business should be a data professional. Uh, what we found is um, the the Ryanair itself is such a lean organization um, that people don't have the time. Um, so an awful lot of the time that we spent, uh, which is structuring the data, being able to do the reports, the business themselves are the business units themselves are leaner because they're kind of going that reporting functionality, et cetera, and they need to know something tomorrow. They can just ask us to kind of go, what's that answer? So so like a large team, it has its pluses and minuses. Um, It is at times difficult to manage um, people's expectations because you have have a whole range of skill sets and and, and experiences. So, you know, we, we start, we have, we have graduates, we have juniors, we've made we've very, very senior, with people 20 years experience, with people at two months experience. Um, and so everybody's expectations are, di- are different. And and with us being such a large team, we also have many nationalities. So we're actually, we're based upon, we're based in three different, so we have, um, we only have 14 people in Dublin and the rest are split evenly pretty much between Poland and Madrid. So then there's a cultural thing going, how do you kind of keep that bit going? So as your team expands, um, there's, there's various different, there, it's, it's um it's it can get it, that can that can be that can be an interesting topic at times the other part as well for Ryanair is we generally don't do anything with consultancies so we generally do all the work in-house ourselves um and because we do that you um at times just we just we just need we just need the body to get the work done ourselves and we find we generally find it um we have we generally find it's that classic that you have people we would have people for about maybe three or four years. In the first two years, first 18 months, two years, it's all about their technical skills. And then it becomes about their domain knowledge. And as their domain knowledge becomes better and better and better, they add to the business in a much different way than just for their technical capacity. So you can have the business come and talk to a developer and bounce an idea. And they go like, oh yeah, I've seen, I've done so much stuff work in this area that I can kind of talk to you and give you advice and let you know what the direction uh, you potentially may need to go and look at stuff. Um, but it's, I suppose it's, it's, it's horses for courses, essentially. It's just like going, big team means that we can do more stuff. So for instance, uh, we had one optimization engineer up to about a year ago. Then we had, we got about another three or four. And it just meant that we could start looking at optimization. Um, so it's, it's, so as you, so we've only ever expanded the team when we've had a need. It's, it's not, a, it's not been a case of just expanding the team to expand it. It's been a case of expanding the team to meet a need. Um, and generally, the business is behind that, so it's 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 been very successful. Like, um, I don't know how much bigger the team is going to grow, um, but uh, it's it's a sign for me. It's a sign that that the the, the work that the team do, does is integral to what Ryanair do, um, and it, it's it's relied upon, and, and the business is happy to have that overhead of a large data team to make sure that they get what they need. Yeah, so how how would you and I get, I'm I'm just playing hypotheticals now and kind of devil's advocate almost, but once that team gets to a to a level that you describe it as large, how do you reconcile those those skills, or how would how would you go about doing that? Do you think, or how do you pre- even prevent that from happening? How do you mean, how, what, what what would you mean in reconciling? So skills? let's say we're talking about Ryanair, which is on the smaller side. Well, in in the, you know, when you optimize, you're going to get bigger, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And then those those individuals are. In theory, they're going to play smaller parts because they're part of a larger team. Or am, am I? Do I have that wrong? Do you think? Um, I suppose the, because the way I know, what, I know what you're saying. It's like some people could get lost, and it's like I'm lost in the weeds. It's just like oh, I'm doing pieces of work that nobody ever sees. 
Mm. Um, so we, so what we have a tendency of doing is we, we generally don't start a project unless there's a minimum of two people working on it. So that means nobody's ever working on their own. So where how we've gotten to has been trial and error. Like when we started with data scientists, that's the first we used to start projects with one data scientist, and it just never worked out for us. As in the data scientist factor, you know, you'd be pulling the no, there's nobody to share knowledge with. You know, a fundamental part of the work people do is they need to have a they need to have a back and forth with somebody going, I've tried this, I've tried that. So the first thing we kind of do is um, we make sure that there are uh, every project has two people on it, essentially. Um, we have each of the each of the individual areas has team leads and the heads up. So there's there's so you never have more than uh, I think the maximum size is about ten. So pretty much just ten, just there's a team lead every ten people. Um, we are big on um, office visits. So we encourage people to move, like pre-COVID, it haven't really happened during COVID, but obviously uh, pre-COVID, like um, historically, I would probably visit every office every month. So we're like, hey, I'm here, trying to have a chat. And I'd have a chat with everybody. Um, you know, and that, that, used to work, that used to work very well. Uh, I have very strong team. And like a lot of it, to be sure, the answer is how do you not let people fall behind? It's like you have very strong team leads. And they and it's part of their job to go, you know, everybody is unique and individual, everybody has different needs. Uh, how do we how do we actually cater to that? Um, we we can for everybody, but the majority of people are quite happy. Um, and they're why are they happy is generally because uh, it's interesting work. They're given a decent tool set to work with, which is which is huge for a lot of people. So we are in both AWS, Azure, and GCP. Uh, so we are we are we have our toes in every one of the clouds pretty much. Um, so the people who are working, be it um, you know seniors or juniors, uh, they recognise that, that the the work they're doing is from a technology point of view cutting edge. It's it's you know it's they're learning and the thing is you know they continuously know they're learning. And then when we do unfortunately have people leagues company they all get promoted uh, and they all get really good jobs elsewhere so they're kind of going like i'm learning a valuable skill set um so you know they're kind of going what i'm being told to do or what i'm being asked to do is to my benefit and i and, I, and you know we i think we are we were joking the office like it can, it can take us up to six months to hire somebody so our so so we generally hire for personality and smarts um because for us the sense of team is massively important um, and because we have a lot of people who kind of engage with, I'm a member of a team, I can turn around, it doesn't matter how junior I am, I can turn around to the most senior person and go like, hey, can you give me a hand? I know, and nobody has an issue with that. And that's that's kind of how we make sure that nobody's left behind. Um, we're, we're, we're a very strong sense of team. That's really interesting because, you know, we all know that data scientists and, and good data people are in high demand right now. But I think yep. a lot of the, the conceptions of of you know, data scientists being these guys who sit in the dark with 10 screens, those days are long gone. You know, these, these guys can, uh, they, they have this clout that they can leverage. Like you said, they can come and get the skills and they can pick and choose where they want to be essentially. So it's really important for executives to really be able to, to, to keep and retain that talent. And, and some of the, like, for example, in some of the ways that you said specifically, actually, what role do you think that, that data analytics leaders play in, in these transformations. You mentioned that you're going through your own, your own optimization uh, with Ryanair at the moment as your own transformation. Maybe you can you can answer it through that lens. Um, I suppose, we think. Um, 
I suppose, I suppose, it, like it, 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 I suppose, in Ryanair, it's, I wouldn't say necessarily it's been a transformation. It's been kind of an evolution, essentially. Uh, you know, we're always find, we're always trying to find the best way of doing things, um, and you know, we're quite happy to pivot and go, kind of go like, yeah, as I said at the start, you know, somebody was using three thousand Excel files, and somebody pointed out going, actually, there's a better way of doing that. Um, so, so, the leadership part, I think, you know, number one is um, we. We have trust. So our guy, so like, you know, it's, you know, you, you, you talk about a data scientist. So, so a data scientist, just, you don't just become a, you, just, you, you aren't just a data scientist. You need to learn. And like, and actually when you think about data scientists, for a lot of data scientists would say that the most important bit about being a data scientist is getting all your data together. So like we have guys whose skill set is purely a data scientist and they try and start a project and they're going like, mm, I spent three weeks doing ETLs. And they're going like, and then they're going like, and I'm still getting weird numbers and go like, we'll go talk to one of the guys who builds ETLs. And then the data science will be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not a man and I'm not a person on an island. And, uh, and, and it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, again, I like, I go, I go back to like the core things that we, we found is, um, and I'll give you, I will give the example of the optimization engineers. So we've hired, uh, probably heard five or six optimization engineers in the last year. And no of them are PhD level. And one of them went to me. I said, I said, do you enjoy it? He goes, yeah, I do. I really like it. And I said, why? He says, I said, I never got the, I never thought I'd work as an optimization engineer. Because as you say, like, there's a very distinct skill set between an optimization engineer and a data scientist. He's like, I always thought I was going to work as a data scientist. Um, he goes, but I'm actually using what I did my PhD. And he goes, and even better, he goes, when I build something, I said, you use it. Like it's a it's a very strange it's a, it's for me it's uh, it's very strange that if I was to build something somebody would throw in the bin, but for a lot of the guys and this is in the Spanish office, uh, they were kind of going like yeah I build something and it's used and I can see the impact on the business, and that's very motivational for a lot of people. You know there's you know it's a case of like you can go into you know um, some large large companies and you're so many levels away and you're you know you're doing a little bit and it adds and it adds and you're going like well what does, what difference does my bit do? Whereas you will have, you know, you, we have data scientists um, and they're going like, yeah, my project, I talk to the business regularly, I get the feedback from the business regularly and I see it in use. Um, and that's, that's that, that, it's, it's a very powerful tool. Um, and generally, like we do, we have an okay churn rate. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog world at the moment. Like salaries are going through the roof um, in all markets. Um, and we try and make sure that we meet most people's, you know, like, as I said, great sense of team, nice place to work, decent salaries. And uh, they use, they use a, they, they're using a, um, a tool set that um, is keeping them, you know, keeping them at the top of the market. So uh, if they do go looking someplace else, and, you know, when we lose people, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad day, but uh, life goes on. And, um, you know, if somebody's moving on to a better job, we're all very happy with them. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I think I think I think people see that kind of going. Like, there's no kind of like I can't believe people are leaving. It's just it's just the way of the world. Uh, and as long as we keep building a team um, and having work that's interesting and have trust in the business, uh, it, it keeps it keeps most people. You know, that three or four years, five years, it keeps most people interested. And this is interesting as well because obviously you're you're now probably hiring people through the lens of of your your current 
uh, as you said, evolution. So what are the qualities of, of leaders that you, you look for in these people that you're hiring? Uh, curiosity. Um, so, so like, so, you know, we, um, as I said, as I said earlier, we have tendency of, uh, we have tendency of interviewing for, you know, personality, um, and smarts. Um, but we like to hire, you know, not, you know, you, a team is, a team is many constituents of different parts. Uh, so not, not everybody we hire, um, wants to do the same thing. So an awful lot of developers are quite happy just to be given a task and on I go with the task. Um, but and we try and we try and mix that with trying to get people to go like, well, do you want to take ownership of stuff? Um, so go, and then you then guys will kind of go as they get a bit more experience in their roles to go like, yeah, I'll take a bit more ownership of what's going on. Um, and then you know as you go up, it's trying to get people to you know you you identify your uh, key performers and kind of go like, well, do you want to start you know looking after more complex problems? Uh, do you want to start uh, managing teams? Um, that's kind of how we you know it's kind of. You know, actually, I was having a conversation today with the team to go like it's the end of year review is now starting. So part of the end of review, end of year review is like you tell me what you want to do because everybody has different goals, everybody has different things. You know, it's possible to be, a, you know, an individual contributor, and um, you know we try and make that happen for a lot of people. Um, but we also the people who want to be leaders and who want to move forward, um, we'll sit down and kind of coach them and go. You know, everybody needs to find their leadership style to start off with it's like what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for everybody mm. um but we we would do a bit of coaching with that to kind of going like you know you know i do stuff in a specific way and i will go like it this works for me because of me because of who i am it may not work for you and it's like going you know when, you know we give feedback to people going like you know there's you know th- there's there's a lot of back and forth to go like you know try this try that like i'd I'd have the kind of same feedback from from my boss like you go like you could do that but you, you know you could do that a little bit better um so it's it's like it's a continuous conversation going on within the team all the time so um and it's back to that sense of team it's like people feel like yeah when i say something i'm heard and i think a big part of being a leader is, is hearing people because if you, you can't just continuously being you know g- giving it waffle uh you need to actually listen to what people are saying because um it's how we change what we do as a team as i said earlier uh, we know projects generally have, you know, they have two people working on them. That was some feedback from the data scientists when they were kind of going, just one person on a project doesn't make any sense. It's just like, oh, and you're asking me for updates, you're asking me where this is, where that is. And I'm always going, oh, you know, I'm running into problems, et cetera, because I'm running into problems because I'm on my own. And if I get stuck, who do I find, et cetera? So, mm. um, so and the team itself, how we built and how, what types of people we fired, has, a lot of it has been through internal feedback. Um, guys go this doesn't work this does work how can we make stuff better yeah and and more for you personally as as the head of the data analytics function and and communicating that to the rest of the business how important do you think are the soft skills side of things in terms of in you know in general the the ability to build these these relationships with with non-data leaders in the organization um i think it's hugely important and and the funny thing is like a lot of a lot of say my relationships with, with the business have been built through my team so you will have a different department and they'll have raised a ticket and one of my guys will have gone and answered the ticket and produced something that the business is really really happy about and then they you know i'll bump into somebody else's manager and they go like oh such and such designed the report we're really happy with it. 
So then the kind of conversation is like, well, what else can we do for you? So it's, um, so the soft skills, I suppose, this, you know, the soft skills are, um, Reiner works it slightly differently at times in regards to if I say soft skills. If something makes sense, it generally gets done. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know that's kind of, that's a bit weird. Like, like our, the, 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 it's been really important to take the business on a journey and to go, we're not full of BS. It's just like, on, when we come in and do something, it makes sense. We're not trying to, you know, we're not just doing a research. We're, you know, we're not, you know, and I think a lot of things people fear with data science is that it's just going to be kind of an academic uh, exercise. It's like when we do something, we kind of, you know, I would always say to the guys, like, do the simplest first. You need to do something that the business understands. So, if so, that builds trust, and like I think that's the the, the key thing that we have with the business and the soft skill is trust. So it's this, it's this open communication that they can go, you know, it's you know, data science sometimes is, you know, I use this algorithm, it does it does A, B, and C, and it's just a bit of a black box. So you just need to trust the results. So we have a tendency of, you know, we, uh, one of my data, one of my uh, BI devs would say, he goes, you know, most uh, data science projects can start with a couple of case statements, if this, then that. Um, and by walking through that process with the business, they kind of go like, okay, I understand what you're doing. And once they understand, they kind of go, I get on board and I can see the results. And it's that kind of openness to, 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 to and allow them to challenge us. Because sometimes we build something, they go like, that doesn't make any sense. But they won't be going. But that's not because you don't understand this. That's because you've taken a different interpretation of what you're doing. So, um, yeah, the, the, the like the the yeah, the, like and that's you know, I'd say I'd say it's the human interaction. This is like we're not just you know an IT team. Um, like people will, as I said, like people will ask for developers by name. They'll go, can I have such and such? Like, yeah, yeah, they'll do some, you know, it's, and, and, and that's kind of been where the, the soft skills and comments is like, by getting the team to buy into what we're doing as a team. And, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of the salesman for the team when they're talking to the business. And you can, and, that, and that's kind of, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of what, what is actually done for us. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's. And, and trust is huge. As you said, a really good way to, to build trust is to, to hear people out listen to them, but also give them ownership and you know, give them an, an investment in, into it. What do you think, uh, more so outside of the data function, what are the best questions to ask to, to build trust? So in other words, what is your approach when you're approaching key stakeholders and trying to build a good relationship with them so they trust you and you trust them? Uh, I, we generally don't try and force ourselves upon them. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of, so it's, it's not like we're driving an agenda. So our, our agenda generally is to help people. And we generally are kind of going like, in what what way can we help you? Um, and sometimes it's the case that they, you know, the business will start off on one path and we go like, cool, we hear you, we see you, we can do that, but we think we can do this better in a different way. Um, and it, 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 is, it, is, it is about, actually, a key thing for us is producing results. We are only as good as what we produce. So it's a case of when we, everything we produce for the business, we need to make sure that we double check, triple check, that the numbers, et cetera, add up. And when we produce it to the business, it makes sense. And that's like, that's the, that like, and that's, that's kind of like the key thing that we kind of make sure that, you know, we're, you know, we, we sometimes late with projects. Um, but 
bless you. Uh, we're sometimes we're so we're sometimes we're sometimes late with projects. Um, but it's the, it's the constant it's the constant conversation. Like I know I'm probably fluffing some of these questions in regards to um, like how the team how the team really does work is like. And as I said at the start, you know, we use Teams. People just drop into Teams, drop your message, and go, "What's this? What's that? What's this?" And because it's a continuous feedback loop, it just builds trust. And and because and because nobody is um, hiding anything. So if we if we if we make a mess on numbers, we go like, "We did." You know, we did something wrong there. We, we see it. We're going to fix it. And the business is kind of going like, yeah, you know, you're honest. You're telling us what you're doing. We understand what's going on. We've had feedback. We've had input. Um, off we go. So, like, there, there are certain, there are certain departments in the business that are not, that are not that keen on us at the moment. Um, so when you're t- talking about how do we work with them, it's we need to find common ground. And finding common ground and where we can help them is the, is the biggest thing. Um, and it takes it takes a bit longer. With some de- some departments are far more skeptical, um, and some departments just want whatever help they can get. So it's it's kind of finding it's it's finding that um, the common ground with each of the mm-hmm. departments and 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 find like some you know f- some people are a little bit scared when they hear about oh, I'm going to come in and automate something. They're they're automatically going that sounds a bit weird. You're going to automate my job. What does that mean for me? Um, so, you know, it's, we have that conversation. It's like when people hear automation, they automatically go, ooh, job losses. Mm. Uh, well, it's not, it's not, no, no, it's just like, no, you can focus on a value add because if your job is you come in on Monday morning, you look at an Excel spreadsheet and you do the same thing every week, then that's not really adding to your enjoyment of your job. Let us work with you, automate it, and you go do the value add parts of your job. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you, you, you say, right? You have to find a problem that they would like to be solved or that they don't know that needs to be solved but would be useful to be solved. And um, this yeah. is interesting. Can you give some examples of this? I'm, I'm really interested in the trust piece of where this this played a role in you as a professional in your career, whether it's with Ryanair or, or in your previous roles. Um, I suppose the trust part is, like, I, don't, I, I suppose it's, for me, it's just simplicity. It's like, do what you say you're going to do when you're going to do it and uh, like you know we've all worked in organizations where there's you know a huge amount of politics going on and like we're kind of um we're, we're kind of a little bit of a step outside that you know because you know essentially data is generally a support function and most in every, in every organization we're here to support the business um and we make sure we made that quite clear to the business like you know we're not going to do something you don't want to we're not going to try uh, and get around just as I go, what do you want to do? And it's, you know, sometimes people don't want to do anything. Um, but then, you know, we can kind of go, like a big thing for us is, say, uh, the, our ticketing system. We get so many tickets in, you can start to see trends. And you can go like, we've seen you looking to do the same thing about 10 different ways. Here's the solution we think. And then we go like, well, that's not bad. Let's let's move away with that. But like, the, yeah, the trusting um like, you know, and I, and I know there's a big thing from the whole working from home at the moment. So um, trust is seeing people face to face. To be honest, um, there's a fair there's a fair bit of you know having a bumping, no longer bumping, seeing a person in the canteen or in the corridors and having a conversation. Um, and it's having those in, it's having those in, everyday inter, interpersonal uh, interactions that kind of goes, oh yeah, they know what they're on about. They're 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 a decent person. Um, they don't, you know, there's no kind of, there's no grander plan behind what they're planning to do. And it's a case of, um, yeah, 
you know, I, I, I would say there are not, I wouldn't say there's anybody that, that doesn't trust us because it's, because you know, our job is to produce the numbers. It's the business's job to produce the insights. So, so if you, if you think like we're, 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 we're neutral when we're producing something, we go, we go like, you asked us, these are the parameters you gave us. That's what you're asking for. That's what it says. It's up to you to make, to do what you want. We're not, we're not, we're not writing papers or et cetera, kind of going critiquing how business units work. We leave that up to themselves. That's super interesting because uh, I, from this conversation, I kind of see you as the, the middleman of the organization between your own team, but also the wider business. But how, how do you perceive your role? My, my role is, um, is granting annual leave and signing off on expenses. My role is I am the salesperson. Like, you know, a, uh, a lot of my, I, I, am, I am the salesperson for the team. Um, the, when you say middle, doesn't work, we're kind of like the translator. You know, so even, even the devs would be kind of, they, they'll translate what the business is thinking to technical. You know, so, you know, it's, it's a case of we never, we never really want from a business user, oh, here's a solution. We're kind of going like, oh, tell us what the problem is. You know, we'll think about, we'll think about the solution with you. But if you come to us going, oh, here's a very narrow solution, we're generally going, oh, you know, that may not actually work for everything you want. Um, so we are kind of, uh, we're, I think, I think you can call us with a sounding board. So a lot of, a lot of requirements come to us not fully formed. So the business is kind of going like, I kind of have an idea of what I want to do. I'll open a ticket with kind of the ideas. And this is when I'm going to go back to that. We're not massive on, you know, say smaller things. We don't, you don't have to have a big detailed uh, requirements list, which is good and bad. But it's a case of when the bit, we're a sounding board for the business. So they're going to, I'm trying to do this and they can they'll sit with a developer and they go like, does this make sense? And it, 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 and between a couple of conversations that come out going like, okay, that's exactly what I want to do. Let's get, let's go and do that. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's fair to call us a sounding board for the business. Um, in other areas, say if we talk about optimization, we are leaders, so we are the we are the guys who will go. Um, do you know what? We've we've spent years here. We're looking at what's going on. We totally can see what the markets are doing. Um, and here's an area that we, that if we if we focus focus on it, uh, we can definitely make an impact uh, on on how Ryanair works. So. So in, you know, in, in, I would say in some areas we're leaders. Um, and that's purely because of our interactions with the business. We, we understand what the business is looking for. Uh, and then we understand our technical skill sets, what we can do and potentially what's not being leveraged. And therefore we can kind of go like, this is something that you may not have thought of. This is something we definitely should do. Um, and then in Ryanair, it works very quickly. You write a memo, a page explaining why you want to do it. What's the benefits of it? And then somebody goes like, "Sounds like a good idea. Let's, let's see what we can get a, get out of that as a POC." You make it sound. You make a very difficult job sound very easy. I don't. I don't think there are very many jobs that are difficult. Like you, I think I think you make life as difficult as you want to. So we don't want. Like we don't. We don't want. So we, how would I say this? So we have made, we have made life difficult in our team at times. So we went to a stage going, everybody used to, used to open tickets and we used to do daft things. So you'd open a ticket and we'd go like, yeah, we'll do that, take five days. And we'd have a backlog of like, you know, a hundred tickets. People are like, I want that ticket. I want that, t- that ticket. Don't want to say someone's that. And you're going to go, oh, I don't have enough people to do that. So we went to a stage where um, we were kind of going like, this is just stupid. Uh, and now we, we had to introduce process to kind of go like, that's ridiculous. It's like going, you can't just have a brain fart and go, can you spend a couple of days working on it? 
it's like you actually need to think about it and how that was it like and you know i think uh showing how ryanair has, has come quite focused on data is that it actually came from the ceo from eddie um and he was just like going you know it's a valuable resource they're being wasted on doing stupid things so it, we introduced an actual um approvals process mm. that wasn't just all the tickets approved so uh, and I'm actually I'm, I'm going to have to go to this meeting after this. So essentially, every every other week, uh, I sit down with the CEO and my boss, and we go through the new tickets that have come through and go if, if they're relevant or if they're not. Mm. And you know, it's it's kind of like so you have the CEO of Ryanair buying into it, so he's he's kind of going like that's that's relevant, that's not relevant. I want to know more information on that. Um, so it's it's been, it's as I said, like it's been an evolution to make it, it's a it's it's a it's a, you know it's. It's yeah. It's it's it is. You're right. It is a difficult job, um, and you can't. But, but we try to make it as easy as possible. And, and how we try to do that is, you know, you can you never really just create a process for process sakes. You look at how the business works, and you're going to go, how does the process work for the business, rather than how does the process dictate what the business does. Um, and that way, yeah, it's it's um, like there are, there are some very, very difficult days, but the majority of them, um, when you have everybody pointing in the right direction. You know, it's just making sure you keep it on trim to go in the right direction. Mm. Well, awesome. Well, Michael, thanks so much for the, the conversation. I've learned a lot about, about Ryanair right yourself and about um, the data analytics function. One last question. What advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data and analytics? Uh, forget it's data and analytics. Being a leader doesn't matter what you do. And I, I've, I've actually had this conversation with one of our Scrum Masters. So uh, she was like, what kind of books do you read? I said, I don't read books on Scrum Masters. I don't read books on leadership. Um, you kind of have to, as I said, you know, you kind of have to find your own. Like I actually, I read a lot of books in history. Um, you kind of have to find your own kind of skill set. You need to find out what works, what doesn't work. Um, you know, and the stuff that I talked about, which is if you're a leader, define what's important to you. What's important to me is that uh, my team is happy that I make sure that I hire the best people, that I try and keep them, that I keep them motivated, um, that there's trust between me and my team and my team and the business. Um, as a leader, you know, I make sure that we produce high-end results. So it's, and that's the thing, as I say, you know, I'd say, to, I'd say some of my data, if you go with specific data analytics, it's like, well, you're only as good as the numbers you're producing. If you're producing reports that are inaccurate, et cetera, you're kind of you're 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 chipping away at that bit of trust that you have every bit um, that you have. Um, yeah, it's being a leader. Enjoy it, and, and trust is valuable currency, not to be not to be lost lightly. Yeah, like I think like I think you know I think you know there's an awful, there's a lot of simple things. It's like do what you say you're going to do. Do it when you say you're going to do it. You know, treat people with respect. Be honest. Be truthful. Um, kick people when you need to kick them. You know, this is like going like the like the other side of it is it's like my job is not always particular. Not everything I do is nice, Mark. Sometimes I sometimes there are some pretty nasty conversations that have to be had. But it's just, it's a case of going. You know, as long as there's trust and you respect people, uh, it makes those conversations those tough conversations an awful easier. Um, so yeah, so I'd say it's you know I leadership I I should never I think be. Um, confined to what you do, it should be a case of how you do it. 
Mm. Um, so it's like I work in data analytics. You know, I could work in I could work in a, in a supermarket and still be a leader. It doesn't necessarily have to be data analytics. I should still you'd still want to see the same things from your leaders. You know, mm. um, and have a joke or two. Uh, we we use humor a huge amount on my team. I have to say, uh, unfortunately, because there is. There are not a massive amount of native English speakers. A lot of my jokes get lost, <laughs> uh, but, but, but I'm working on that. Um, so uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of my jokes, yeah, I have to explain them, and then they they, they lose they, they lose a lot of their uh, they lose a lot of their punch. Amazing. Well, Michael, again, great to have you on the show, and we hope to have you on again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul. 